Good morning, and welcome to the Cyber Smart Morning News Update. With the always evolving world of cyber threats and defense, you need a source you can trust. FBI retired Special Agent Darren Mott guides you through today's intricate cyber landscape and brings you the latest headlines and insights and what it means to you. Let's dive into today's cyber news. Morning, friends. Tuesday, February 13th, 2024. This is the Cyber Smart Morning News Update. I am your host, retired FBI Supervisory Special Agent Darren Mott. Let me start off by apologizing for not having a podcast on Monday. Um, I had a Super Bowl party and never quite got around to coming up here and having the time to put it together by the time the game was on. That was necessarily hugely interested in the outcome either way. Didn't care much for either team, but had guests here. Had to be a good host, so we didn't quite get to it. But never fear. It's not like there wasn't news for today. So let's get right into it. I got seven stories, no waiting and what it means for you. So darkreading.com. This is Nate Nelson reporting. Iran-Israel cyber war goes global, which is something we expected, something we predicted here when the in October when the uh, conflict began, um, actually with Hamas and uh, Israel, but now obviously Iran involved. So what's this is the subheadline. What started off as posturing from the Islamic Republic has turned into more serious cyber attacks against the U.S., Albania, and more. Iran's cyber conflict with Israel has reached global proportions with cyber attacks against businesses and government agencies on other continents causing arguably as much ruckus as those in Israel itself. It's a classic case of cyber imitating life. While U.S. military bases and international shipping routes are peppered by its proxy terrorist outfits, most notably the Dernier Cray Houthis, I'm not even sure what that term is, but the Houthis anyway, Iran's cyber threat cloud has been spreading its attacks into the U.S. and Europe against targets perceived to be aligned with Israel. In a recent report published last week, Microsoft characterized this global proliferation as a phase three in Iran's Hebraic cyber offensive. This guy is using all the words from the thesaurus, apparently. So, um, quote, unquote, this is high or quote. Anyway, this is highly likely to be part of the Iranian government's strategic pressure campaign, says a threat intelligence analyst from Recorded Futures Incicate Group, who choose not to be named for this story. Tehran is hoping to influence governments directly and not get directly involved in the conflict via the ability to impact economies. They are highly likely Um, aiming to influence business communities to pressure their governments to support a cessation of Israeli military activities in the Gaza Strip. Among the latest victims in this phase are an Albanian government organization and Iran's military guard itself. So um, where's the part about the U.S.? Okay, meanwhile, one day after Albania's statistics snafu, um, Iran's cyber attack net once again reached U.S. shores when the Department of Treasury Office of Foreign Asset Controls, or OFAC, sanctioned six officials of the Iranian Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps. You remember that? That happened last week or two weeks ago, maybe. Uh, the action follows the December intrusion in Division Series programmable logic controllers that was against water companies. Um, so basically, this is a little, there's a little more to this article, but essentially it's not a surprise that the cyber war that started because of Israel and the Hamas conflict is now blending and finding itself reaching other shores, which is a, which was expected because Iran's going to use this as a reason to launch cyber attacks against other entities it deems supporting Israel. Um, they will claim at no attribution. In other words, it wasn't us. I, you're, you're blaming us, but it wasn't us. But if you are a company that has any relationship with Israeli companies, understand that it, it, Iran is seeking out your information so they can target your company and cause damage to you. So something to be aware of, something to keep watching as we'll see more of this going on. This is a precursor to more kinetic activity, which has already started. But uh, 
This is how warfare is going to be run going forward. From Bleeping Computer, Bill Tolis reporting free Rashida ransomware decryptor for Windows exploits RNG flaw. South Korean researchers have publicly disclosed an encryption flaw in the Rashida ransomware encryptor, allowing the creation of a Windows decryptor to recover files for free. This is from the Good News file. Rashida is a ransomware operation that launched in mid-2023. It's notorious for targeting healthcare organizations, disrupting their crucial operations, and selling sensitive patient records. In November 2023, the FBI and CISA warned about the gang's opportunistic attacks against a broad spectrum of industry types, including healthcare, military, cultural, and energy organizations. South Korean researchers, including employees of the Korean Internet and Security Agency, or KISA, examining Rashida, found an implementation vulnerability in the ransomware's encryption scheme, specifically the random number generator that helps generate the unique private encryption key in each attack. By exploiting the flaw, the analyst could recover the internal state of this random number generator during the attack and use it to create a valid key to reverse it. So this is really pretty good news. And if hopefully this, kind of, the, the, this group is smart, they'll figure out a way to monetize this. Um, I take that back. They'll probably use it. I mean, obviously giving it away for free is good, but you know, it's good to have, it would be good to have something like this just as a preventative tool in case you get hit with the Rashida software. The problem is the ransomware. The problem is going to be this news report is going to let the group know that they have this flaw and they will go to patch it. So that's unfortunate, but it does say the encryption flaw has been privately used for months by cybersecurity firms and governments worldwide since at least May, 2023. So that's why you would see, they probably saw their, their, their funding go down. People not paying the ransom because people would be able to use this flaw to decrypt the files that were, that were encrypted. So um, again, this is good news, but it will be short lived because Rashida will just create a new tool that will not have this flaw or they'll patch the flaw and it won't work anymore. But again, that's it. So at least the good guys had a, had a win there for a change. Bleeping computer, Sergey Gatlin reporting ransomware attack forces 21 Romanian hospitals to go offline. So I know this is more focused towards Romanian issues, but this can be extrapolated out to any country because obviously ransomware gangs don't care where you are, who you are, what you are. Um, they will look to target you. And obviously hospitals across the world have similar attack profiles or rather uh, attack surfaces. Um, and so if it works in Romania, chances are to work wherever you are. So at least 21 hospitals in Romania were knocked offline by a ransomware attack that took down their healthcare management system. The Hippocrat information system or HIS used by hospitals to manage medical activity and patient data was targeted over the weekend and is now offline after its database was encrypted. Um, the incident is under investigation by IT specialists, including cybersecurity experts from the National Cybersecurity Directorate, and the possibility for recovery are being assessed. The ransomware attack affected various hospitals across Romania, including regional and cancer treatment centers, and a team of DNSC, or the that's their cybersecurity directorate uh, ex experts, is currently investigating the cyber incident. DNSC advised against reaching out to the affected hospital's IT team so they can focus on restoring the services and data. Um, they list out the impacted hospitals. These companies, are, are these hospitals are now using paper to do what they need to do. Um, an update uh, from today, from Monday rather, says that the, the, the cybersecurity director says the attackers use back my data ransomware to encrypt the hospital's data, a ransomware variant from the Phobos family. In total, 21 hospitals impacted. Uh, most of the affected hospitals have backups of data of the affected servers with data saved re relatively recently, except one whose data wasn't saved 12 days ago. So 
They should be able to rebuild, but that will take some time. But again, there's a special place in hell for these kind of ransomware actors who attack hospitals that impact services against people who need the help that the hospitals provide. So so shame on them. I hope they die a painful death. Cybernews.com, U.S. mortgage lender admits to lockbit data breach. This is, a, I don't, this is, I'm losing track now of the mortgage lenders getting hit by cyber attacks. Um, this is Damian Black reporting. Planet Home Lending has disclosed a cyber attack that exposed the loan records of hundreds of thousands of people. The lender believes that the ransom group gang Lockbit is responsible. Quote, Planet was one of many companies around the world whose information security systems were compromised by the threat actor Lockbit in connection with one of the recent global ransomware campaigns, the company said. The lender said it became aware of the attack on its Citrix software systems on November 15th. The same day it occurred, and a subsequent investigation determined that 284,974 people were impacted. Planet has de- was able to determine with reasonable certainty that the threat actor accessed or assessed or accessed rather sorry a read-only data folder in which copies of loan files containing personally identifiable information and some of its customers were stored. Well, that's uh, if it's read-only data, why was it not encrypted? That's the question I have because data at rest should be encrypted, but that's a side. Side note, the exposed data in the loan files included names, address, social security, financial account numbers. Planet has notified the authorities as well as the victims and says it has put in additional technical safeguards to prevent another data breach from happening. And again, the point I make of all this, a mortgage lender probably makes billions of dollars per year on what they do. They should be able to afford the basics and do the basics to keep their information protected. Yet here we are, another one that was not. I think we're running out of mortgage lenders to get targeted, but um, I'm sure there's still a few more and we'll see from them. Um, okay. From Info Security Magazine, China targets U.S. hacking ops and media offensive. This is Alessandro Massellino reporting. China has escalated its media campaign alleging U.S. hacking operations following condemnation from the U.S., U.K., and EU in July 2021 over Chinese cyber activities. Well, that's, uh, a little late. That's three years ago. And now they're getting mad. Okay. According to the report published by cybersecurity experts at Sentinel Labs today, this offensive strategy involves cooperation between Chinese cybersecurity firms, government agencies, and state media to amplify accusations against the U.S. Until 2023, these allegations lack substantive technical analysis, primarily relying on recycled U.S. intelligence documents. However, the narrative shifted in mid-2023 while China with China reportedly dropping the pretense of technical validation and relying solely on state media to disseminate accusations. In a new report, Sentinel One China Focus consultant Dakota Carey noted that China's cyber-focused media onslaught preceded the 2023 disclosure by China's Ministry of State Security, revealing instances of Western spying within China. Notably, these allegations lack substantial evidence, but were nonetheless widely publicized. Now, the point being here, honestly, is... This is not a surprise. Countries spy on each other. China uses cyber at- attacks against us. We use cyber attacks against them. Let's not let's not pretend this does not happen. I'm not sure what China, well I think what China's trying to do is deflect their activity. The difference here's the difference is when China hacks companies in the US, they steal their their proprietary information. The U.S. does not steal Chinese proprietary information because there is none to steal. So, now, is there intelligence to gain by US actors? state-sponsored actors hacking China. Sure, intelligence, geopolitical, all that kind of stuff has been going on since countries existed. Spying is not exactly something new. Um, I think it's only outdated by prostitution, but spying has been long around a long time. Countries do it against each other. 
Um, it's the price of doing business. The difference here is that China, again, China steals information in addition to doing this mine. So do I, and, and that's the case. So we should not be surprised that this is happening, but um, it's just interesting to see China, China crying about someone hacking their, con- their country. But anyway, all right. Info Security Magazine, also Phil Moncaster reporting, U.S. consumers lost a record $10 billion plus to fraud last year. U.S. adults lost over $10 billion to fraud in 2023 when an investment scam is the biggest earner for threat actors, according to latest figures from the Federal Trade Commission. The figures represent a record high for fraud losses, having increased 14% year on year. Investment scams made fraudsters over $4.6 billion last year, a 21% increase on 2022. The second highest grossing category was imposter fraud, which was $2.7 billion. It was also the most re- frequently reported followed by e-commerce fraud, fake prize scams, investment fraud, and finally business and job opportunity scams. Losses to businesses, business imposters climbed from $66 million to $752 million in 2023. The FTC claimed it received fraud reports from 2.6 million consumers last year, around the same number as 2022, that indicates victims are increasingly losing more per incident. Interestingly, email became the most popular vector for fraud. It became, it is, what did they, oh, displacing text messages. Okay. Well, my guess is um, it's, probably always email is always going to be the most common factor, whether you believe it or not, because people will take their text messages, email it to themselves and then use it and get, get compromised that way. But prior to that phone calls for for decades were the most common way for scammers to contact victims. Obviously they still do because I get tons of spam calls a day. Um, digital tools are making it easier than ever to target hardworking Americans. And we see the effects that in the data we're leasing today, said Samuel Levine, director of FTP's FTC, rather Bureau of Co- Consumer Protection. The FTC is working hard to take action against those scams. Mm -hmm. Sure they are. In a move to limit the impact of technology innovation on fraud, the FCC last week banned the use of AI-generated phone calls. The move was made as an attempt to protect U.S. voters from spamming and disinformation efforts ahead of the presidential elections in November. Now, the other problem with that is you're not going to charge someone doing it from overseas. So if Russia wants to do this or China wants to do this, they'll be able to do it with abandon. So it's a, it's a good move, I guess, but it will have limited impact. Let's be honest, but it sounds good. So yay for them. And part of the, the one thing that's not listed here that probably should be is chances are the majority of this loss occurred to seniors um, and older adults because they're the ones most targeted. So if you have the older adults in your life, you want to protect them, make them aware of these particular scams, show them this kind of stuff, talk to them about what that means. Um, and if I uh, ever get my book approved by the FBI, you can use that as a, as a launching point to, to how to help protect them. Um, so I'll have more on that in future future episodes. That's going to do it for today. Know that knowledge is protection. If we can understand the threats targeting us, we can assess our risk, proceed wisely. Thanks so much for listening. We will talk again on Wednesday. CyberSmart Morning News is written and produced by CyberGuy Productions. Feel free to email thoughts, comments, or suggestions to Darren at thecyberguy.com or follow Darren on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash in slash Darren Mott. Thanks for listening.